0: And, and this, this is, is our house. house. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. It's a very, very, very exciting week. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Ray Ray. This is episode 44. And I'm Breezy.
1: And this is the week hockey returns
0: yeah it's back we bad hockey's back we bad. We excited
1: we bad. <laughs> oh man are you excited? excited actually oh, beyond yeah. excited i've been thinking for like the last week i'm like okay i gotta call direct tv i gotta make sure my center ice <laughs> package is good i gotta make sure i have fox sports west because that's the only channel i can get the kings on uh i'm like preparing for literally my life to kind of end yeah although I don't really have a life right now because my life will start when hockey starts
0: of course But you get what I mean you get what I mean you get what I mean oh yeah no I'm very very excited to watch all the teams all the boys I'm excited for the rivalries I have no idea what's going to happen I don't want any expectations I just want to watch it all play out and play out on on social media and see clips and like Oh, I'm just yeah. so excited. <laughs> I feel like probably not like same case for you but
1: I feel like this might this season might be different for you. I mm-hmm. think you may become a fan of other teams not just the Hawks. Why? And I think that you're really going to start following them just because you it's going to be crazy. It's yeah. gonna be nuts. You're going to be like I am a I don't know, Colorado Avalanche fan now. doesn't mean you have to be a fan fan. It just means okay. like this season, you know, okay. I feel like that's, because I feel like that's definitely going to happen with me because I'm definitely probably going to follow way more teams than I already do.
0: How are you going to manage that? You've already got three uh, teams. It's called caffeine. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, I uh, mean, I, I I'm just... We're going to yeah. watch a lot of hockey. That's all I got. Yeah, say. we
0: are. <laughs> um, there's a lot of news that happened and I'm sure mm-hmm. there's going to be even more news that comes out before the puck drops on the start of the season. So, you know, bear with us if you're listening to this and something major has happened, but um The Dallas Stars had to delay the start of their season because, uh, six or seven players and staff tested positive for COVID-19 and the NHL in this, what they're calling preseason, they don't have to reveal the people who did. So they have had to push back the start date of their season. So stuff is already happening. And I think we're going to see, you know, a lot more interesting things go down, um, But what's interesting about it being the stars is that Texas is one of the less restricted of the states as far as COVID-19 things go. And that's one of the teams that was intending on having about 5,000 fans in the stadium. So... Mm -hmm that is you know going to be interesting to see what they decide to do and how that plays
1: out well the Preds came out with the statement and they said that beginning of the season they don't expect uh, to have fans but um, they're just going to monitor it and maybe they may open it up as well so I think we're going to see that case with a lot of uh, a lot of teams just kind of depending on what's going on uh, Mm -hmm. in their general area what's going on in the world and um, which I think is exciting I feel like we're
0: Hopefully making a
1: step in a more positive direction, so.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, before we keep talking more hockey, because we have a few more things to discuss hockey-wise, we didn't say who the hell our guest is. We've got an awesome guest this week on the episode. Uh, John Chiavo. He is a pro hockey player uh, from, originally from Long Island, He's from the island. Uh, He's like a mega, mega champion, both with inline and ice hockey. And the conversation with him is amazing.
1: Yeah. And he's currently in season right now, which is even cooler that he took some time to to chat with us. Uh, He's currently in his little bubble. We chat about that. Um, And just overall his experience and what hockey's done for him and what he's doing to to better the game. So uh, stay tuned for that.
0: Yeah. He plays for the Huntsville Havoc. Uh, that's in Alabama and they were the champs in 2019. He, uh, he's got a lot of great insight on team chemistry, winning championships, his love for the game. Uh, you're going to really, really enjoy the conversation with him. And, uh, he gives a nice little glimpse into what the mindset is really like for these pro players. Um, and what we can probably expect a lot from the guys in the NHL. Obviously it's a little bit different, but um, just the quarantining and being away from your family and friends and all of that and the challenges that come with it. Uh, So you'll enjoy that. Let's let's get back to NHL talk. Mm Because there's a lot happening. Uh, why don't you start with your teams? Give us your thoughts on how your three three main teams are gonna are gonna be this season.
1: Yeah, so I guess we can start with the Preds. Um, I feel like they are going to. I feel like they may come out a little slow. I think that they still have some work that they need to do. Um, I don't necessarily think that they have made the right moves, I guess, is what I could say. What those moves are, don't ask me because I'm not a GM. I don't know. But um, I think that they they need to to work on um, working with each, other, with each other and kind of finding their groove. So I don't expect too much out of them uh, out the gates. Uh, but I think that they're going to pick up some momentum uh, in the next upcoming weeks. The Leafs have made incredible uh, improvement i feel like i think that they really have made some solid moves i think they have added a lot of grit to their team and i think that they are adding um, more experience on the lines too so i feel like that's going to help the young guys kind of get into the group of things and i think that they actually will uh, play pretty well this year and i know people are
0: probably laughing in my face right now but just watch
1: miracles can
0: happen (laughs) yes they can and And when you're talking about experience meaning joey thornton i'm gonna start calling joey Joey. thornton
1: you really like calling him joey so yes joey we're gonna make that a thing uh i think his experience will will bring a lot i think he he's he's pretty young at heart i think Mm -hmm. uh he's really gonna mesh well with uh austin and mitch because I've heard they're going to be on the same line. So I think that's going to be really, really good. And he adds a lot of size. And I think he's going to be a little intimidating on the ice to uh, other teams. And I don't think they're going to mess with, uh, with Austin and Mitch too much. So that's exciting. That's really good to see. Uh, and the Kings, I feel like they have they have a lot riding on them right now. I feel like they came out uh, really strong in, what was it, February. Yeah, February came out super strong. They won, like, nine games in a row. Their chemistry is all there. I've said this last couple weeks. Uh, They all, like, live within the same, like, mile radius of each other. I feel like they've spent a lot of time together in this whole quarantine thing, uh, being safe. I don't know that for a fact, so don't, don't get mad at me, but... I think they're going to do really well. I think Jeff Carter actually came out and said that he feels that they feel that the team as a whole they're a playoff team, which is really exciting news for Kings fans. Um, I'm excited. I, I think there's some young guns on there. I think that they and made Byfield, some really good right? moves. Yeah. Made some Quinton. really good moves. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's going to be playing. Um, I think it's really exciting times for Kings fans. I know we've had a rough couple uh Couple years, but I think we're uh, we're on the uphill climb right now, so I, I think we're gonna do really well.
0: Yeah, I like those hot that's takes, that's all I got. I like that's those. all I got. <laughs> uh, yeah, but next year when we do this preseason chat, you're gonna have like half of the league as the teams. It's gonna take us 45 minutes to get through all your hot takes. <laughs> that's fine, I'll, I'll limit it to like how about 30 seconds
1: for each, and I'll just
0: bam, 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 bam. bam.
2: Exactly.
0: (laughs) I'm just giving you (laughs) shit. Um, I'm just chirping you. Uh, It's
1: fine. I'll take it.
0: So, the Blackhawks.
1: Yep. Lay it on us. Ray's (sighs) weekly therapy
0: sesh. Not going to be. It's going to be a really tough season (laughs) for the boys. It's going to be a really tough season. And uh, we've got like four four different C-list goalies that we are giving the experience in the ice time to, to really see who can be, you know, a starting NHL goalie. I have zero thoughts on that. Um, I, I, I just, I, I don't, I'm still mad about getting rid of Robin Leonard last year at this time. So I still really believe that Leonard should have, they should have paid Leonard and kept him um, as the leading, you know, star goalie while we developed these other guys, you know, in in the interim. Uh, so that's my thought on that. Johnny Taze is out. Um we don't know what's going on or what's wrong. And we have Shawzy back, which is exciting. So hopefully he's recovered. There's no word on Seabrook yet. Um, He had about three major surgeries last year and is still under contract. Um, So I hope he returns. I hope we get to see him on ice. We've obviously got Kane. Kirby Doc is out with a busted wrist. So we have no centers. Our leaders are gone. It's definitely going to be challenging. And we have some exciting actual interview sound from Patrick Kane. Uh, about what he talked to Johnny Tays about and Tays missing the season. This um, is from a partner of sister network of the hockey podcast network. There is the basketball podcast network and the guy who covers the bulls, David Schuster, actually, he is a longtime sports writer in Chicago and he was able to get this sound uh, from a bunch of the guys and since we're not really a blackhawks podcast i'm not going to force you to listen to all the sound from all the people he got we picked just one clip here is what patrick kane has to say about jonathan Tase.
2: you know i don't really know how much i want to dive into those conversations to just respect his privacy but um i guess uh you know i'd probably just say that hopefully we we have him back soon and um if not, I think all of us kind of told him just to make sure he's okay before that happens. So, you know, he's obviously in the back of our minds and we're thinking about him. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it doesn't really feel like, uh, like a team um, without Johnny as, as your captain. So we definitely miss him.
1: Yeah,
0: we miss him. Like... I even miss him. I know. When you've got your captain, your center, your leader, not there, and then... I mean, for Patty to say that, I mean, obviously they all miss him. I mean, that's their leader. It's tough. It's going to be tough. And uh, it's just going to be a tough season for the Blackhawks. However, if I'm trying to look at the positives, I think it's a good opportunity for all of these young players that we do have on the roster that are now on, you know, the third line and the fourth line they all have to perform and they all have to step up and they're all going to get the ice time that they need to really see if they, if they have it in them to, to be where they are. And if this is the team for them and if the coach can lead them, can call keep them together and really lead them and be the leader in the absence of Johnny Taze. I sure hope so. I mean, he doesn't really have a choice at this point. So I really hope that a lot of these people uh, step up and, and, Bring the boys together because you don't want to see a team suffer right like you right. even like if you hate the blackhawks you don't want to see this this is a horrible situation you know and that doesn't make for exciting hockey either when you've got all of these you know challenges in in front of you but you know without challenges you don't grow so hopefully this yeah. will give them the opportunity to grow and bring some of these other guys um uh, to the table
1: well said Okay. And I think that you should uh, go right. While in. we're on
0: the Blackhawks
1: talk, I think you need to to do a, a shut the front door because I know it has to have it has
0: to do with the subject. Shut the front door. Shutting the front door. On Corey Crawford, actually, he's shutting the front door on the NHL. Corey Crawford, goalie for the Chicago Blackhawks, Stanley Cup champion. Future Hall of Famer has decided to hang them up. Now, if you've all forgotten, he he signed with the New Jersey Devils for a nice little price tag for was it a year or two contract. And I'm just gonna say this: I've talked a lot of smack about Corey Crawford in the last few years of not being the future of the Blackhawks. I love and respect Corey crawford crow crow my god he's amazing he's a phenomenal goalie he is part of the championship best decade team of the blackhawks um the guy is amazing he's put his body and mind through the ringer to bring stanley cups to chicago i respect his decision i i I am so grateful that I got to see him play, that he was on my team, Um, all the things that he's done. I know he's dealt with a lot of concussions. He took an entire season off to deal with a concussion um, to only two or three years ago. And he came back. He had a great playoff run for the Blackhawks in the, in the condensed Um, COVID-19 playoff. He played his fucking heart out. God fucking bless the man. Um, And I just think he's got a lot of other decisions to make. Yeah. We're like five days away from the season when he makes this announcement, which is not great. I'm sure there's a lot of things we don't know about his decision to sign with Jersey when maybe he should have retired anyway. And I mean, I really hope he gets to retire as a Blackhawk. I don't, I mean, I, I want the Blackhawks to give him one of those one day contracts and do a whole thing for him because I think he deserves that. Um, but yeah shut the front door everybody's like texting me blowing up my phone like did you see what happened oh my god crawford it's like a sad shocking but also not shocking that crawford announced his retirement like i'm not actually surprised i wish him all the best in his family and i thank him from the bottom of my heart as all blackhawks fans do for all the work he did and everything he did to um to bring us the cups (laughs) It's kind of sad. Like it's actually, because I think he has it in him that he wants to play, but I don't think his mind. Is yeah, no, you can't. Him.
1: You can't push your body to to do things it just can't physically do anymore. Because then that's that's putting you at risk to uh, to yeah. doing more damage, and you can't do that. And I think he can walk away having great memories, and that's all you got to do. Breezy's a barbecue pit. Ooh, I got it good one brewing up today i saw this on tiktok and i was like man i gotta do this for myself because everybody loves bacon so i'm doing another bacon wrapped challenge today i'm doing bacon wrapped pickle chips Oh, yep smoked bacon wrapped pickle chips it's going down Potato chips or pickles that you're deep frying and then wrapping in bacon. No, not even that. You get pickle chips, you know, like like you know like pickles, you cut them, they're called pickle chips. Oh. It's like what you put on like sandwiches, right? Yes. So you wrap that in bacon. I'm going to season that up a little bit. Throw it on the smoker. When you pull them off, they're going to be like this bacon pickle. <laughs> I have no other way to describe it other than a bacon pickle. You can dip it in some
0: ranch. Call it a day. Our podcast is proud to be on the Hockey Podcast Network, and the network is home to many other incredible podcasts, including this one. So, you like hockey? Congratulations.
1: You're amongst the smartest sports fans in the world. Want to fight about it? Join me, the hockey troll, and that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Every Monday and Thursday on the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL, your Washington Capitals.
2: Not only do we bring you the best Washington Capitals coverage, but we've got the hottest takes and the tastiest content.
1: Tune in wherever you get your podcast and at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Chirp us on all social media platforms at
2: Caps Chirp. See you beauties and
0: vendors there. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. Johnny, because I'm just calling everybody an E this episode. Joey, Johnny, Patty. John Schiavo. He is a professional <laughs> hockey player. He is of a decorated professional hockey player. He is in the part of the team that was the IIHF world inline champion in 2017. He, uh, which won gold, by the way, he is also a gold medal winner for the world roller games in 2019. And on the ice for the SPHL, the Southern professional hockey league, think that's what they call themselves now the Huntsville Havoc champions in 2019 welcome John tell everybody who you are I mean I think everybody knows who you are based off of like social media and things like that but uh tell people what you're known for
2: well John Schiavo, uh <laughs> 26 years old hockey player <laughs>
0: uh well we don't need your I medical think that's why, statistics I think, that, I think
2: that's why I'm on the pod so <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> just uh, yeah, player of the game. I like to say I'm an advocate of the game. Grow over the game. So do a lot of camps and stuff like that in the summer. Uh, clothing line with my partner, Kelly. Uh, obviously playing pro roller and pro ice, playing ice, you know, in the season right now. So yeah, just uh hockey journeyman.
0: Yeah, so tell how do you play both at the same time? How do those seasons work? Like playing ice and inline and then I have I have a lot of questions to so start with that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so the biggest thing is inline uh, inline's usually in the summer and and June and July is usually the biggest months for the tournaments. Um, and then ice hockey is 100% obviously a lot longer season, you know, 7 months most of the time, you know, same as the NHL season. So that's usually way since I was been like 15 years old that I split you know time a lot of roller all summer and then all winters the ice hockey season
0: so like no break then
2: yeah I haven't had an off season until the pandemic
0: oh my uh, god did you yeah, enjoy so that the was, off like, the season biggest...
2: <laughs> I did I spent the time in Minnesota worked on the clothing company out there and we were working really hard it was just a different type of working hard with me not playing a competitive game. So that was like the longest time in my whole entire life that I didn't play a you know competitive game.
0: So which did you learn first? Roller or inline? Or roller or ice, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, inline roller same thing, yeah. I grew up playing roller. Uh, I I dedicate, you know, everything that I've learned on on roller ties. So I think that's that was always my fa- passion, still is my passion. So it definitely started uh there in long island new york
0: wow and now you're playing um in, in the sphl for um the havoc in Huntsville. Yep. tell us about that tell us about this season like first of all it's freaking awesome that you've got a season happening which is awesome right or, or yeah no it's <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I, <laughs> right? think, I think, yeah, I think everyone's excited. Everyone wants to play. Everyone wants to stay safe. So uh, I think everyone's doing this best you can. Everyone in this time, no matter what sport you're playing, I think it's, you know, a little uneasy, un- a little unsettling, but everyone wants to play and we're doing that. We're lucky that uh, a lot of people, you know, stuck up for us to try to play. I think the owners and staff and everyone like that has to buy into. And even us players, we're kind of, Quarantine and we're not allowed to go anywhere, so we're really spending a lot of time at the rink and you know working out there and not going to a different gym and not going to restaurants and no bars, no nothing like that. So you know you sacrifice a lot to play you know a season, and we're we're definitely doing that.
1: It's a good thing, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. So I what's think we're like, all excited to play.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and we're excited to be able to watch here uh, coming up here shortly. So it's going to be exciting. So. What would you say is the biggest difference between playing ice hockey and inline?
2: I think for me growing up, it was actually a really easy transition. I think for most um, like me, they would say the same. The games are, you know, I think hockey is is hockey. Like if you're playing with a ball in the street, or if you're playing on the ice with blades or wheels on roller, there's so many things that are similar compared to not, not being similar. So I always thought of it as, like, if I was playing roller, I was training for ice, and if I was playing ice, I was training for roller. Like, as long as I was getting better at hockey, it was going to make me the best player that I could possibly be. So I think some of the harder things are, like, when you really look at the NHL and when you look at pro hockey now, skating, the skating on the ice is is out of this universe. The power skating, the edge work. You, I watch a guy like McDavid, and, you know, I've practiced with guys like Barzell and pretty tight with guys like him. And, like, they're – out of this universe to watch skate. Where in roller, I feel, I don't want to say like invincible, but I actually feel more comfortable on wheels than I probably do in my own sneakers. So that's the difference is like when I go to the ice, it was something I always had to work a little bit harder at. I was more starting on roller, getting into ice later, um, where those things were a little bit more difficult, but I think the game is moving so fast and getting so much better agility on the ice that It just, you know, everyone has to work harder at that and get better at it and develop in that avenue where I think maybe years back, it wasn't like that. Definitely
1: makes sense. I mean, Rachel and I, we do not skate. So I bought a pair of rollerblades because I was like, well, maybe I should try to to skate. And it is so hard. So do you have any tips for someone who may be trying to learn how to rollerblade?
2: Well, I hope we got a lot of pads because I think uh, any any (laughs) learning ice hockey or roller hockey, there's going to be a lot of falls. And I think just, uh, you know, being fearless and having the mindset of like, if I fall, I'm going to get up and I'm going to just keep trying and bend my knees. And if you have a stick, kind of like using it as a little bit of a crutch until you start getting better. But I think there's, you know, a lot of little things out there where, I teach a lot of clinics for even young, young kids to adults that, you know, have never tried it. And we give the, them the opportunity to try it. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, everyone's just scared to fall. It's like, well, if you fall, you're actually going to help yourself get even better and better and better. If you start falling right when you begin, then you get really good. You're going fast. And now you have to learn how to fall. Like, that's probably not the time you want to learn how to fall. So <laughs> if you go down a big hill, just find some grass and fall into it. You'll be all right. <laughs> just like, dink. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well Breezy and I are gonna have to come to one of your adult camps whenever you start running them (laughs) in in the (laughs) this uh weird time we live in because yeah we're uh you you might want to treat us like the four-year-old kids but the four-year-old who's like totally I'm totally terrified of like getting hurt so I'll I'll need a big patch of grass
2: (laughs) (laughs) and a lot of pads and a good helmet yeah
1: you see them over there just pushing you over. Get used to it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I get that feeling, John. Just yeah, just really like throw me right into the deep end of it.
2: No, if you look at if you look at my Instagram, there's some, some videos that we post. Like we actually uh, the way I've trained a lot of kids how to learn how to skate and stuff is like I'll hold my stick out for them and try to be like a I don't know what you call it, like a ballet bar, right? Like in ballet, like someone they're you're holding on to something. So I try to give them something to hold or use the boards or, or something like that I like using the open rink and me being the crutch or another coach or, or someone that can skate better to be the crutch. Cause I think being off the boards is better, but yeah, there's definitely uh, ways to learn without falling. But uh, like I said, you know, if you fall, you're going to get better.
0: <laughs> so you're going to say then to the answer to this question in, in line is your favorite above ice no I think it's equal different
2: I think it yeah they're just different I think for me like I it's such a passion of mine I know I want to be doing it forever and and grow that sport and grow that game as much as I you know hope I can but I think uh, I'm playing pro ice hockey I want to take this as far as I can as well so it's hard to hard to say but I definitely you know have a huge passion for roller because I started it first
0: well tell us more about the pro situation now. So what is the, did they restructure like the divisions? It's sort of like how the NHL did or like, what's like, you're in a semi bubble you said, and obviously like under a quarantine spending a lot of time with your teammates, like tell us a little bit about that. And then I also really want to know about the mental side of the game, how it's different for you now being sort of bubbled up in, in
2: a way. For our league, the SPHL, they restructured it as five teams that are more in the south um, and five teams that couldn't participate. They cut the games down, uh, not too many, but they cut it to 42. Um, you know, if anything happens, I think they'll change it. So there was definitely some restructuring just to get the season started. Um, Florida has a team. Alabama has two teams. Tennessee has a team and Georgia has a team. So cities and States that are more open than, and we actually have fans, but all the players, all the staff, everything like that is kind of on a lockdown. So we, you know, so we can try and get this going. Um, uh, mentally for me, I'm kind of like a rink rat and I always have been. And I think it's, it's a benefit to me. Like it's, it's all hockey. There's no, there's no excuses. There's just nothing. It's live, live and breathe it. And if you don't, like, I don't think you're playing this season. So, you really have to be locked in. And for me, I think it, it helps me. And I think all of us coming off of a, you know, 10 month, 11 month hold, like our first couple of games, I think everyone's just, you know, maybe a little rough or whatever. And, and I trained so much in Minnesota and had a great off season in that aspect that like you get back to a game, you're just like itching the win and put up points and do all these things where like it, it took three or four games to like really start, feeling good and we're four games and now And like our last game we were all saying it after the win like it feels good like now we feel like we're back like you feel comfortable you're you're back in the actual swing of things and uh yeah it, it is really nice to be back at it
1: have you noticed that the game has changed in the aspect of like people maybe playing harder because they haven't played in such a long time or is it like the opposite effect
2: I think yeah everyone was excited so I think it was yeah I think it was I think you'd call it harder I think it was really fast I think it looked like everyone was in really good shape I guess you could look at it both ways you could be like oh how's everyone gonna come back looking like fat <laughs> like or really in shape and ready to go so no I think everyone was excited it looked fast it feels fast but a lot of us feel like we were we were prepared the right way and we knew like that this was gonna happen and the season was gonna start and a lot of us are really ready for it so that was uh, definitely a positive in my eyes
1: and how did you prepare for like your first game knowing like okay like i haven't done this in such a long time like can you take us like through like your mental aspect of like knowing you're going to be playing a game later in the day or whatever it was and how you were preparing for it
2: yeah i tried to remember the process uh yeah <laughs> 12 <laughs> months ago um no it was even like the night before just it was actually a home game which was really nice there was no exhibition Um, So we had a week of training camp right into the first game and yeah, just try to do all my same ritual stuff, how I eat and prepare and staying hydrated, all those little things. And then you you get to the rink the next day you have morning skate, you go home and you're like, well, it's, it's really going to happen tonight. Like, you know, it's actually official. There's going to be fans there. And you know, it's a real, a real game. So uh, preparing for, for me was, was easy. I, I haven't talked to anyone about it since that first game on an interview or podcast or anything and to use like seeing fans in the stands and like you're in a arena like that like you get a little like some sort of feeling like you're happy to see it like you're very grateful I just I'm someone that like I'd be worried if anyone got it or anyone out there was you know contagious at the time but you see everyone in the building and kind of maybe think that for five seconds and then it was it was all game time excited to be back and hear the crowd roaring and everything like that so for me it was it was a really big positive and I was super pumped but I mean everyone else might be looking at a different rate that's the first time you see a lot of people in a building and uh might throw some people for a loop
1: very true I mean who who was it that's oh Dallas Dallas is gonna have Mm -hmm. fans in in their building how do you feel about that I mean it's a NHL team they're I mean, it is Texas, but, I mean, how do you think that – I mean, I guess, first of all, do you think Dallas is going to perform better knowing that there's fans yeah. in the building where, like, other teams are not? Like, they don't have fans in the building?
2: I mean, I don't think it, it matters. Like, what, what's really going on for us is inside the glass. So, yeah. it's nice yeah. when – I mean, it's it's a blessing, and it's incredible yeah. when you have fans. But if everyone's not safe, then you really don't want them there. So, I think it's, like, wherever it is – and. I mean, obviously, California, like San Jose, it doesn't look very promising. A place like New York doesn't look very promising. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I wouldn't even say, like, it's unfair if you're not allowed and you are allowed. Like, I think every hockey player is just worried about what's going on inside the glass and not worried about too much else. I know in football that some stadiums had fans, some stadiums had a lot of fans, and some didn't. So I was following it all, and my opinion isn't, uh, you know, very strong at anything I wouldn't even like I really wouldn't worry about it. I think it's just like having the players play their season is the biggest you know the biggest part and all they're worried about is playing those games and you know having their career and season go off instead of not at all oh yeah true. True. I didn't
1: think about it that way
0: yeah it keeps the the sport going the leagues like all of the whole <laughs> progress moving forward if you if you pull a season it's really you know it takes e- takes years off of a of a hockey career right
2: I think the biggest thing and I'll I'll always keep emphasizing is just like safety there were so many camps and things and travel that I had planned even to go you know be with family or be with friends and like I canceled it all I didn't do anything so like my belief was to be laid back and to not do much and um, my team USA roller team was supposed to go to Columbia that tournament was canceled and like that was a that was a big one like if it did go on like I'm pretty sure, I, you know, it's a really tough decision. I'm not really going to say no. And then it cancels and you're kind of like, all right, like now I could step back and you know, what's, what's important here and it's health most importantly, not spreading the virus and, and doing whatever you can do. So that was, uh, that was the biggest goal.
0: Um, I've had a theory that just, I mean, I, I I've theorized here that <laughs> I think um Part of what we saw with the NHL in the playoffs with the bubbles, I I thought we saw a lot of the teams that the teammates are very close and they have a really strong connection and the coaching and you could really see like the bond and the camaraderie and I said that it was either going to really show who, which teams were, were really close or and the ones that weren't really close and had their differences and it would show on the ice. Um, do you think that the bubble had any effect on that kind of dynamic with the teams?
2: No, I think 100% uh, you're spot on. Like uh, the chemistry <laughs> is going to win it, yeah. And I think from talking to guys that won this year – um guys i was training with in the summer like they 100 percent said there was there's no way that we're losing this we're too tight of a team like you know we believe in everybody we're all best friends like that every single year no matter a bubble or not a bubble and i personally think that them being in the bubble was a harder championship to win like you're away from your family or you're missing out on so many things that are just important to you like some guys are probably having babies yeah. while they were in the bubble or what There were just so many things going on um and they sacrificed so much to be there that it's sad to even see a team lose at the end because they've been gone so long and they hunted for the cup and you know maybe just missed out or had a couple of rough games and yeah it's definitely the chemistry and tighter teams are going to last longer in the bubble and i agree that that was exactly what happened yeah
0: okay good i like to be validated sometimes (laughs) with my theories that i'm just throwing out there sort of based on just human interactions and, and human experience not necessarily you know speaking directly to an nhl hockey player who was in the bubble um but that was just a just a thought so um What do you think about the new, do you even have time to follow the NHL and like watch games like you're so incredibly busy do you like do you follow and then do you think, um, what do you think about the restructuring of the divisions,
2: I think it makes sense, I think it's yeah, you know it's it's good I think it's going to help, you know get them off the ground. Um, I watch a ton of NHL hockey. I, I might not watch the full games, but i watch all the highlights. I have the, you know, have the app and, and everything that follow a ton of guys that, you know, I enjoy watching and know and have mm-hmm. trained with. So I appreciate, you know, all of that. I, f- I try to follow all the leagues as best I can, but I mean, I'm definitely got my hands in a, a ton of different things, which, which I'm you know appreciative of, but, uh, yeah, NHL is definitely something I still follow. I think, uh, divisions will be interesting it's something for us fans to watch and see that could be you know the Canadian division is going to be a couple battles over and over and over (laughs) that it's going to get tiresome for those players and it's going to get tiresome for the staff dealing with setting up for those games and um, how much of a battle they'll be but I think it'll be fun to watch and I think same with them they're just excited to start and they've been waiting for a start date for a long time and and now there's more news about the AHL coming out here and yes. there. So it'll be interesting next couple of weeks. I think every week is kind of like early in the pandemic. You're just waiting to see what's, what's next, what's next. And it'll be yeah. fun to watch when they start.
0: Yeah. I agree with your assessment. I think it's going to be really fun for the fans and it's going to create a lot of new rivalries and, and different things going on with the teams um, and some of the players, which will be fun. Uh tell us i'm like trying to decide which way i want to go because i feel like i have 500 (laughs) more questions um describe what kind of a player you are on the ice like are you a chirper are you quiet are you like uh the leader the captain like give us your style of play
2: and is it the same for roller
0: sorry and is it the same for roller or is it different
2: Oh, I would say it's the same, uh, same for roller. I'm not really a chirper unless someone uh, like really bothers me or gets under a teammate's skin. Uh, kind of just leave that up to the scoreboard. Um, <laughs> I would say I like to score goals. That's one of the bigger ones. And I like making plays, like being creative on the ice, being creative with my line mates at whoever I'm playing with roller or ice. Um, but definitely like, want to be out in the clutch situations, you know, make the big plays, no matter if it's beginning of the game, end of the game, just anytime the game's tight, I definitely want to be out there and, and touching the puck or having the puck my stick to make the right play or, you know, to have the chance to win the game. So that's definitely the way I would describe myself.
1: Nice. What is your most memorable goal
2: that you've ever had? That's a, that's a hard one. <laughs> in ice hockey in ice hockey would be uh scoring goal in the finals uh game two here in Huntsville um we were down by one I scored the game tying goal in uh in that game great pass from behind the net from my line mate Side and I was just like coming literally from the bench to the net and got the puck and and scored and yeah, I mean tying the game in the finals. I knew if we tied it or got the lead eventually, like we were gonna win the game. There was no doubt about it. We won the night before in overtime. So like we just had so much momentum and they just had the lead at home game two. And I was like, All right, like if we turn this around, there's no way. Yeah. They're winning this game. So yeah, that goal for ice was really, really memorable and for Roller there's been a been a couple, but any any goal that I've scored at the world championships wearing a team USA Jersey, you know, really marks it down. There was a couple big ones and my teammates were playing really well. And, you know, they lead us on to a final or a semi or quarter that we were winning. And yeah, any, any goal in, in that Jersey was uh, special. I bet.
1: I mean, you can't top that, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's really hard to top, but that's why I put them both in different categories. Cause the, you know, the one in ice hockey was in the finals and that was definitely a huge memory of mine
1: yeah you have to well we were told that you have a very cool and interesting story on how you chose uh your number can you share
0: that with us
2: i hope it's the same story yeah uh, are there more than
0: one stories <laughs> about 44 no, definitely
2: just yeah definitely just one no uh, my dad had four and um i just had the chance to double it one time when i was young and i stuck with 44 and Obviously, fantastic dad. My mom and dad are the best parents ever. And when I stuck with it, I just kept getting asked, do you want 44, you want 44? I love the number. I I wear it as a necklace still, and it'll last forever. But, yeah, I always remember he had four, and the last time I saw him play, he still had four. So it's been a a long time since I've seen him play, but definitely got my number uh, double in his.
1: Nice. Well, this should make you really happy that this is actually episode number forty-four. So
2: Oh nice. There we go. Very nice. I like that. <laughs> I'm all about the superstitions too. So not not actually, but yeah, that's pretty yeah.
0: cool. Yeah. Well, do you have any uh superstitions or pregame rituals? Like you were saying you're trying to remember, like, you know, the whole like pregame meal and nap and getting into the routine. But do you have any uh like breezy, which foot do you put on shoe do you put on first?
1: Oh, left. every single day I had to put
2: my left shoe on first. Or it's going to be a rough day or what.
1: Or it's going to be a rough day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: I hope I hope it's not a rough day. It's just a shoe, but I like yeah. to say the same I like to say the same thing. I have like I don't even call them superstitions anymore. I think when I was younger, like it had to be a perfect way or like that was it. Like that was ruining my day and my game and I was going to play terrible, but then when you think about it like it's yeah it's just something that's a part of your day and has literally nothing to do with the game or your shift or anything. I think I have things I like doing that make me feel comfortable and, you know, are just natural on game day that I've done my whole life. Um, Yeah. Like I put my right skate on before my left skate and a lot of equipment that way, but it's just like, that's how, that's the way you tie your shoes. That's the way I put on my equipment. So it's just like the same thing. And I mean, besides that, I I like visualizing before the game. I usually sit in the rink and, like, look at the rink, visualize a lot, uh, you know, think positive, like, mantras, and I believe in a lot of things like that. Just, you know, the way I am, I believe it helps me and it works. Um, Maybe not for everybody, but it helps me. And then uh, that's really it. Yeah, I have a couple certain drinks and meals that I like and make me feel better. I think that's, again, just, like – the way your body reacts to certain things. Some people could probably eat McDonald's on a game day and they'll be great. And I feel like I have to eat the same, uh, simple chicken pasta, rice or whatever. You don't Keep have Mountain simple, Dew but... in
0: your Gatorade bottle like Ovechkin does.
2: No, that's uh, not for me. <laughs> no, thanks.
0: <laughs> it's a Russian stomachs of steel, huh?
2: Yeah. <laughs> The,
0: the, uh, it's interesting to hear you talk about the visualization and the mantra stuff. I feel like a lot of players are a little like hesitant to share that kind of stuff. Is that becoming more of like a common practice you find among the guys that you meet and play with and have cut that have come up?
2: Um, I think in my career, it hasn't been very hidden. And I think I, I just study so many sports besides hockey, like the top athletes. And that's where I 100% got it from when I was probably like 15 years old. It was just like you visualize something, whether it's Navy SEALs or um, there's just so many, so many athletes. Kobe Bryant's a, a huge one that I studied and, and really loved. And just all the things that they were doing to be the top athlete, I was always trying to like mimic and make in my own little way. And I always felt that that one worked. It was like, okay, I want the puck of my stick. I want to score this big goal. I want to do this. I want to play this way. And if I was training and I was putting in the time and visualizing that, but I really had to train and put in the time. I couldn't just visualize it and think it was going to happen that it ended up just, you know, being natural and it, and it always was happening. So I was like, well, this is never going to change. So I kept upping it and practicing it and learning more about it and not just, not just saying like, I'm believing it's going to happen. It was like, no, I'm going to make this visualization. And, you know, make it a reality.
0: Well, that reality (laughs) is clearly paid off because you've got like 20 championship titles under your belt already like (laughs) um that's really a big deal that's really exciting so let me just rattle this off in case people listening um don't know and then i'll ask you a question so you um the huntsville havoc were the champions in 2019 and then you were part of the ihf world inline champion team in 2017 winning gold And then the world roller games champion team in 2019 gold as well. Right. So that's all accurate. Correct. Uh, That's really, really impressive to have two championships in the same year in two different sports. How did yours, your mind even process that?
2: Yeah, no, it's, it was really hard to process at the time. And, I just felt like I was riding a, a cloud up in the sky and it was never going to come down. I mean, then 2020 happened, but it was it was incredible. Like winning the winning the ice hockey championship, like it was something that I hadn't done in years. Like I won a championship in junior, but you play so many years of ice hockey, and you don't even make it to the finals you don't even make it maybe the second round of the playoffs. So like you play 50, 60 games in some of these leagues and you're not even competing for the cup or, you know, the championship. And that season I ended up getting to Huntsville like halfway and getting an opportunity. And I was, you know, working really hard and I wasn't playing as much as I wanted to, but I felt like I was contributing and the team was, was already built to win a championship. And I felt like I came in and I was ready to win and, do all the things that I can to help the team and, and everyone was buying in and I had a feeling like 10 games before the playoffs. I was like, there's, there's no way, like, this is the group that can really do it. And, uh, we went on a great run. We only lost one game, the whole playoffs. Um, we won the championship, incredible celebration, you know, great being in the city and winning. And there was just so many incredible things. And, um, while we were fighting for a playoff spot, um, I had already won a championship in 2017 with USA, um, but they were selecting the 2019 team. And I know everyone on the team. I know the staff. I know everything. And actually, the roster came out on my birthday, Valentine's Day, February 14th. And we were fighting for a playoff spot at the time, and I wasn't even on the team. I was an alternate. So I was, like, bummed. Obviously, rollers my passion. Playing for USA again, like, I didn't think I deserved to not make the team, even though there's great players that can be picked and can play and do well. Um, But I was an alternate and shortly after we got into the playoffs, before I won the championship for ice, I ended up getting called and saying like, Hey, you're, you're on the team now. Like, you know, you've been selected and just in my head, like there was no one stopping me the rest of the time after I got picked for that team, I was going to do everything I can to, Help the team better and be the best teammate I could, and so winning back to back in you know a couple months was just outstanding.
0: Does any like particular? I'm sorry, Ringo decided he wanted to join in on the conversation, (laughs) Um, Mm. as he just says, "Yeah." (laughs) Mm. Um, Is there any particular? like moment or memory that really sticks out from either of those championship runs and that experience, like a conversation you had with somebody, I mean, cause the celebrations, like you said, you were like up on this cloud, Um, like when you finally can take it all in and process what's happening, like, is there anything in particular that stands out to you?
2: Yeah, I think both were were so different. Huntsville was like you were celebrating in the city that you played in. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were out with the whole team. My family was here. My partner was here. Um, it was it was a great night, a great time. And, you know, next couple of days we were saying goodbye to each other and, you know, hanging out with the cop and everyone was just relaxing. Where with Worlds, it was like you win at 8 o'clock at night and you celebrate. And at 7 a.m. we were all on a plane, like, back to the U.S. And most of us are all... From different places that play on on the world team so it was like you know when you got to your hub then it was like see you later there was you know coach gets the trophy and you know we're all splitting up going wherever we're going home so it was uh that was definitely interesting so like right when we won we were really taking it in at worlds for like i would say a couple hours and then that was really it everyone was already starting to pack and get ready to head out where huntsville was like uh you know a very nice three days of celebrating and being together and appreciating the long season.
0: Yeah. Do you have any good, um, good hockey stories, you know, with players, with the cup that you can share off season, anything funny or interesting? Um, you don't have to like, out anybody if you don't want to um but just you know like a good fun like pranks anything that you feel comfortable sharing
2: well I'm not a big prankster
0: no have you been pranked
2: I'm uh no not too much They know probably not to prank me too hard (laughs) because I'll get them back but um Some fun stories. Well, when we won the championship, this definitely wasn't me. But if anyone has ever been to Huntsville, uh, where we play, it's a beautiful downtown area. And outside we have like a huge koi pond, like these huge koi fish and like nice little man-made river and pond and waterfalls and all that stuff. And I remember me and three or four other teammates being like upstairs, they call it in like the lounge. And we had the trophy, we were mingling with the fans, we were all just celebrating. I was still, like, in my full gear without skates on. And we heard that, like, half of our team jumped in the pond with, like, their equipment on. (laughs) And 100%, like, that was what they did. So we were, like, celebrating with the cup and, like, we're doing all stuff. And we hear that everyone's outside, like, jumping in this pond. Then I was like, no way. And sure enough, like, we go and look and 100%, they were getting out of this pond, like it was hilarious so I mean things like that you see over the years I mean especially after a championship like it's all all good fun uh just you know doing what what you dreamed of I guess some people wanted to go swimming and cool off but yeah it's uh yeah just having fun like that is is always good I wasn't the one that jumped in but I thought that was a funny story that is pretty funny
1: Well, speaking of uh, dream, do you have, like, a dream location uh, that you would want to play hockey, or do you have a favorite place that you have played hockey?
2: Favorite place? I mean, Barcelona was absolutely incredible to play, and it's just one place I never really could have dreamed of being and winning a championship like that. Um, So that has to be on top of the list of places I've played and won, and it was literally on the beach. Like, you could walk out of the rink and – 10 steps and you were touching sand like in Barcelona. So you can't really top that. I think that was uh, pretty incredible, but like American cities, a uh, place I've played pro I played in Kansas city for a while. I thought that was an incredible city. I love the people there. Um, love the fan base, but for me, I'm not just saying this cause I'm playing here. I've played a lot of places in pro ice hockey and Huntsville is an absolutely incredible city with an absolutely outstanding fan base. So, a hundred percent, just saying that because I'm here, it's because I really, really believe it. It's it's amazing here.
1: I've heard great things. I'm sure Ray has too about uh, Huntsville, and I definitely have the itch to go and to to watch a game. So, good to hear that.
2: Yeah, yeah very close to Nashville too. So it's there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of bonuses. Obviously, if you're a Preds fan, I mean their culture is great too, and it's nice that we're not too far and we have very similar culture for the Miners, which has been built up. You know not recently it's been going on for for years and years and years so it's definitely special i mean i lived in minnesota this summer and that was outrageous just like hockey rinks everywhere and so many yeah. good players like i absolutely loved it there too um but yeah where i've played and lived for hockey seasons this is definitely one of the best
1: well i mean what is like a home game like in huntsville yeah. now that you said it's a great place i mean can you describe the atmosphere
2: Oh, it's jammed. It's loud. They have a couple of uh if we score a goal at the opposing team, which which is, uh, they're always interesting to hear, right? If you're at yeah. any type of game. So some words I won't say, but uh, <laughs> they definitely have their chance. But no, they're loud. They're, exci- they're excited for hockey. They love fights. Uh, they definitely like seeing goals and, and action. So yeah, super loud. We have a really cool arena where all the way- around the bottom of the glass is like um stools and like tables so like they get service for food beer drinks um so that's all the way around the glass and then there's like a second tier which like looks like sweets but they're just like four or five rows of like seats that are you know right above everyone that's on the glass and then there's just a huge upper deck that goes all the way around so we really like jam the place especially when we won the championship just like absolutely everyone standing on their feet, screaming as loud as they could. And yeah, we have a really, really cool atmosphere to play in front of Wow.
1: Dang. Sounds like it. I got, I got yeah, to,
2: go. to go. We yeah. have to go.
0: Absolutely love that this exists in the South because everybody's like hockey in the South, man, man. You know, it's not going to work. doesn't work in the NHL. You hear all the like naysayers. Um, and I think you guys in Huntsville and the fans are, clearly proven it wrong you know there is a fan base and they do love the game
2: yeah definitely I think it goes with the organization as well like what Mm. they're building up and what they're presenting right like everyone wants to see a good product on the ice that that's in any professional league any professional sport but I think it's you know how the tickets are how this you know prices. there's so many things behind it and then what type of organization are they you know what are they doing for the fans what are they doing for the community and and that's 100 percent why we've built such a culture of fans not just not just fans that come in and then you know we get a bunch of different ones no we have like a group of fans and there's always new ones joining that big group of fans which is incredible we go so many places everyone says hi to us a lot of people know who we are already like they don't even like, they might not know our names or like, no, but they know and that everyone's so polite and we're polite right back. And yeah. that's what helps grow it too. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, tell us about the jerseys you guys wore. Uh, I don't know if it was last game or maybe one yeah. back um, with um, to the tiger king sorry i was like joe yeah. dirt that's wrong tiger king
2: <laughs> joe joe exotic i think his name thank is. you i haven't actually watched i haven't watched the whole show i've watched one or two episodes it was our last game our last home game like they how- were the worst i've ever worn
0: <laughs> but like who came up with that why did that happen like what is the story
2: like I, I don't want to say this wrong on, okay. on camera, but okay. I I know it supported a charity of some sort that okay. was for good. Oh, well, um,
0: yeah, I mean, obviously. I don't know. I
2: think <laughs> I know Joe Exotic. I'm sure he's not like a, a loved man on earth right now. I don't think he's doing the best <laughs> for animals. I'm not really positive, um, but I know we auctioned off our jerseys. They sold a lot, sold for a really good price and like art donates back to tons of different charities and i'm pretty sure this one went to animal rescue of some sort which is beautiful because uh, i'm glad that they're helping animals i'm a big animal guy big animal lover so i'm glad that they're doing that but they were by far the worst jerseys i've ever could have dreamed of wearing and and some guys loved them i'm just personally into the classy look or the reg you know regular type jerseys and, and huntsville we have so many cool designs so to like wear a jersey like that over like a sweet normal logo that we have i couldn't <laughs> believe it but is what it is and we sparked a big uh spark on social media a lot of people were sharing it. hockey night canada shared it right away and a bunch of people reshared my post of of me celebrating with with hair on the back of my jersey <laughs> everyone knows i haven't had hair for a long time uh-huh. so it was pretty crazy to have some blonde flow on the back of my jersey last game
0: yeah See, I think, hilarious. yeah i mean joe exotic right like as a person not great but the the societal impact he's had of people and the character he's become uh i mean it does hey capitalize on it in a good way where you're giving back and you get to sell those jerseys and bring more good attention to you guys and the havoc and what you're doing you know that's you know that's all positive stuff if You know if we can find a positive out of what joe exotic has done (laughs) definitely i feel like that what you guys did is a way of turning it into a to a good thing so anyway that was pretty funny do you guys do stuff like that often at the organization with like themed or or specific jerseys that are you know out of the norm
2: yeah we do a ton we do a ton of jersey nights um especially in a normal season i think they're uh, a little bit more spread out this year we're really you know back to back to back because the season got shortened uh we do a lot of stuff with the local hospital in saint jude so mm-hmm. i think that's like super super special in the community um one night's called melissa george and i and we raise so much money we all go to the hospital and we see like uh, incubation system that it actually buys for the hospital like from our team and from donations and you know to see like real babies and real families that need them and that are in the hospital and we're playing a week later in these jerseys like those things are really really special to the community i think it, it touches all of us as well that are playing to like not just put on the jersey and not know like we're at the hospital a week before we're we're seeing families we're seeing families that were affected We're helped you know from the cause and again, why Huntsville is a great city to play and they're really doing so much good for the community and, and everyone sees it and it's not about like who sees it. It's just like, this is what we stand for. And and I think it's awesome. So I I like that they donate to a lot of good causes and it's something that, you know, hopefully I could give back and our clothing company, our camps, everything like that will always do. So it's kind of nice to be a part of a culture that's doing that already. And you know, something I strive to do in the future. And uh, while, we're, while we're
1: on the subject, uh, let's talk about your clothing line. You know, what what is it? What can, what can
2: fans expect from it? Where can you buy it? Yeah, my, my partner, Kelly, <laughs> absolutely crushes it all. She's a great designer. I throw a ton of ideas, but I definitely can't design a thing on the computer or on my phone or anything like that. So she does a great job with, with absolutely everything, running the whole company, making the designs, getting everything made. Um, so we do everything <clears throat> made in the USA, uh, lifestyle brand, unlicensed hockey apparel. So you could save a lot of money instead of going to a game and just getting a t-shirt with that team logo on it for, you know, a little bit more money. You're getting a hockey design for whether it's your child, daughter, son. Um, you know, we have hockey mom shirts, hockey dad shirts, hockey, grandma, grandpa. We do all of it. Um, so, fun family brand making good clean hockey logos and like the washer mitts one just a little bit of fun especially in the pandemic that was a that one we had a home we had the home dresser shirt which was really fun um and we just have a bunch of like little quotes and things like that so it's it's really really awesome check it out yeah at goodwoodhockey.com on social media and then uh the website's goodwoodhockey.com to shop awesome Heard it on top of that, yeah, on top of that, sorry, where yeah. we're going with Goodwood Hockey and what we're doing, we we have a nonprofit called Hockey for Good. Um, we were able to start in 2019 and execute next in 2019, but all got put on a hold because it's an in-person um, hockey camp where we donate all the equipment head to toe. Um, I host the camp and bring down a team of of teammates or friends and and we run a learn to play Camp for kids, two adults. Anyone who wants to try hockey. Um, due to the pandemic, everything got shut down. We were still collecting some donations, things like that. But 2019 was a great success. We were ready to, you know, start running with it, really get big and and get hot in 2020. Uh, but we'll just save that for maybe the end of 2021. So yeah, at Hockey for Good on Instagram, um, we've dressed about 75 players, boys, wow. girls any nationality head to toe um, some new some used equipment and uh, I think that's always going to grow I think I grew up using a lot of used equipment and it made me realize when I was able to buy my own equipment or when I was getting sponsored at a really young age like how blessed I was and how it really helped my family and how my dad really appreciated my mom really appreciated it and I got a lot of hand-me-downs from older players or pro players I looked up to and I remember like using it until I couldn't use it anymore because I loved that it was, you know, from a specific player or how I got it, it meant more to me. Um, But then also when you see the price of hockey in general right now, especially where you both are from uh, or where you both are living, it is not cheap (laughs) at all. Hockey is, you know, some sticks are in the $300 range now where if I can donate a stick to a kid that has never played, and he's able to use it at a park or in their driveway you know it's harder to pick up hockey than is pick up a basketball or pick up a soccer ball or baseball i mean you need a couple pieces of gear hockey you need everything unless you're playing deck hockey or street hockey which we're just trying to give you the opportunity to play and then hopefully grow from there Um, it's definitely an expensive sport but i want to see people love the game how i do and how everyone that has the opportunity to be a part of the game um, with a little less stress on the family.
0: Yeah. So what is it that you love about the game then? Is it one particular tangible thing or is it a lot of things?
2: No, I think it's just everything. It's uh, (laughs) I say it's my life. Like, it's just, I just love it so much and it's given me so many things and made me meet the best people I have in my life and friends and, just playing the game makes you like kind of get away from everything else in the world too. So it's to me, it's just, yeah, it's everything, but I, I hope that I can, you know, give that feeling to, to other people and make hockey a safe place and a, and a mm-hmm. positive place um, like it has for myself. I mean, I think there's every sport there's a lot of negatives and positives and, and ups and downs, but I think for my life, there was a lot more positives than negatives. And I wasn't, in a harmful place it was a safe place for me and i think that's what it can be for a lot more people in the future
1: yeah agreed definitely agreed
0: yes <laughs> growing up uh, uh in new york were you rangers or islanders or devils i mean i, I you could <sighs> be but
2: yeah no my dad was a huge ranger fan so i think i just grew up being a ranger fan um now i'm up bigger islander fan i was in two islander camps and worked for the islanders doing camps and work with the islanders for my hockey for good camps um i have such a good relationship with a lot of the islanders you know in general so it's hard not to root for them and, and be a fan you know years back so once that all happened i was for sure an islander fan i know my dad wasn't happy to wear an Islander <laughs> hat going to my first prospect camp, but it was uh it's special. It's, you know, it's right here in my backyard and yeah. I got a chance to play on that ice wearing that Jersey. It was, Very cool. it was so special. So definitely a big Islander fan now.
0: Yeah. It's taking everything in me to not ask you lots of questions about, um, Matt Barzal, like personally, because (laughs) we have discussed Breezy and I over the history of the podcast, who our like hockey crushes are like, just like we have our solo, like she's Roman Yossi. I'm Matt Barzal. Like I previous player for me is patrick sharp which is like matt is basically like the younger version of sharpie um and it's taking everything in me to not ask you all the questions on the podcast i might have to ask you some when we're done recording
2: <laughs> well he's a great he's a great guy he's a hard worker um incredible player his future is is incredibly bright i hope yeah the islanders sign him i really i really hope they do um but he's an Absolutely incredible player, and his work ethic shows it for sure. Um, I think a lot of Islander fans will be really, really upset they don't sign him. Yeah,
0: but what's he like off the ice? It's gonna
2: happen. (laughs) Great dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just have to have a little fun with you and put you on the spot. (laughs) Um, Anyway, that's um, that should lead us into our final questions. We ask all our guests these questions. Liz breezy, you had something else. no No, i think we can uh lead into it It might be a little awkward for him but well i set it up with talking about my crush on matt so there you go Um... that's true (laughs) (laughs) who is your favorite hockey hunk a guy yeah we ask all the guys this and the girls it's fair game on the podcast
2: i mean just said it barzy's good looking cat so go barzy
0: i like you john I like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, who is your favorite hockey lady?
2: I uh, had the opportunity to be around a lot of uh, Minnesota Whitecaps and WHL players. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite that I train with is Megan on, But I'm not I lo- – they're all awesome. They're all fantastic to train with. Um, Pease is one of my favorite. We worked together this summer. Uh, trained together a bunch. Uh, she's a good player. And I know Whitecaps are going to the bubble here soon. So
0: yeah, well, definitely we're,
2: uh, definitely rooting for them.
0: Well, we're going to have to get her on the podcast and then ask her who her favorite hockey hunk is. She better say you or else, right?
2: <laughs> I mean, or else. Or else.
0: <laughs> or else. Um, and our final question, which has just become uh, a common occurrence with all a lot of our guests is that they end up having some sort of Sidney Crosby story. So we've just started flat out asking all of our guests, do you have a Sidney Crosby story?
2: What is the Sidney Crosby story? He's like my favorite player. And I'm not really sure.
0: No, what they're no, they're like just how amazing he is, how he stopped to like, you know, sign uh meet a fan, or like all these just like incredible stories of him, you know, that we don't or like people who've met him um and how it impacted them. Like uh some of them have been funny. Have you met him?
2: Yeah. Never met him. I would love I would love to one day get to practice or be on the ice. I've been on the ice with so many incredible players. Like, the, like I'm very blessed and, and thankful to train with guys and, you know, be around so many NHL or or ECHL, like every league. Um, but, yeah, it'd still be sweet to, to get on the ice with someone like that, you know, world-class athlete.
0: I see you visualizing this now and putting this in part of your <laughs> pregame routine. And you're going to – now you're going to be, like, on the ice and you're going to be – visualizing the next game and then all of a sudden Sidney crosby is going to pop in your head because of us and you're going to be like god damn, it'd be pretty those crazy two... if he
2: popped up in, in uh, huntsville <laughs>
0: yeah. well that too um but you never know hey you never know you, you never know where Sid's going to show up he's a he's a man of the people
2: <laughs> very true you're
0: like Let's say what you want to say don't just you shake your head come on
2: I didn't, I didn't think that was going to be the last question. That's why I was laughing. I was very confused yeah. about it. But that oh! was good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, good. Tell everybody where they can keep up with you and follow you and um, watch the games.
2: Uh, definitely. i uh, on my Instagram at jchiavo44. J-S-C-H-I-A-V-O-44. Um, at Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, just got into TikTok a little bit more. So same, uh, same name. Um, Got a YouTube channel as well. John Chiavo, J Chiavo 44. So yeah, just kind of on all sites. And then I try to post a lot of the SPHL highlights. I know uh, there's not a exact way to watch all the highlights like that. So I try to post mine and my teammates as much as I can. Um, And then check out goodwoodhockey.com for uh, some of our apparel.
0: And wash your mitts. Awesome. And And wash your mitts.